it is yet another rivalry week here on the Panther Pod, Cole. Owen, it's that time of year. It is that time of year. Every game's a rivalry game. Well, for some people. Well, I mean, for most people. For most. Not LSU UAB next week, but I mean, hey, you never know. You got the golden boot on the line this week. Oh, we got the golden boot on the line this week, and I'm excited about that. You know what else is on the line? Pride. <laughs> yes. For y'all. Yes. Bull eligibility. Yes. <laughs> for y'all. But also pride for Farum and Averett as well. Ooh. Farum versus Averett is this weekend in W.B. Adams Stadium. Going to be an electric atmosphere. If you smell what the black hats are cooking. I thought I was going to have to ed- I thought I was going to have to have an edit point right there at first. I didn't know what you... Dude. I, I didn't know where that was going. I thought, yep, okay. Yep. How low do you think I am? Well, considering you're beneath me right now. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Let's just get through the intro. Okay. I'm oh. Cole Connor. I'm Owen Sapelnik. <laughs> You're listening to the Panther Pod. All right. Owen kicking things off this week. A lot of exciting football to talk about. Um, you've snuck in quite a few Big 12 games in our uh, in our little preview. Both future. They're both past present and future Mm -hmm. um kicking things off ucf number 22 ucf 72 overall four and one in conference takes on number 17 tulane uh eight and one five and oh in conference big story coming out of this game um both teams are averaging fairly the same across (coughs) excuse me both teams are averaging fairly the same across the board um, UCF 35.7 points per game, Tulane 32.9. Points allowed are about the same as well, 18.8 to 16.9. Obviously, two lanes are a little bit lower both times. Uh, total yards, UCF 501 a game, Tulane 418. Owen, um, this Tulane team has surprised a lot of people this year because they kind of came out of the left field and they're 8-1. and one. 5 and 0 in conference. They are. Uh spread is 1 and a half, over under is 54. Uh 1 and a half in Tulane's favor. Uh over under is 54 and a half. Um looking at their top producers uh offensively, John Rice Plumley, um 18 1883 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. That's m- mediocre for a starting quarterback, but you also look at UCF's leading rusher. Oh, look at that, John Rice Plumley. Um, he has, I'm trying to pull up his, uh, 108 carries for 532 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, Tulane, it is uh, Michael Pratt. He has 1,843 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. Kind of a prototypical pocket quarterback. Tulane doesn't reinvent the wheel offensively. They're definitely, um, 
you know, they're definitely not trying to modernize the game of football. They have a true quarterback in Michael Pratt. I will say this, though. They do play hard-nosed defense. Both defenses have given up less than 20 points on average Mm -hmm. this year. Um, UCF has given up around 18 to 19 points a game. And uh, Tulane has given up around 16, 17 points a game. So both defenses, very stout. Very, um, just f- like very sound. Very play very fundamental football when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. The one thing that I will say is UCF's passing defense is significantly worse than Tulane's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picking Tulane. I I got to go Green Wave, um, and mainly because UCF is giving up 241 yards a game, roughly. Um, in just through the air. Uh, Tulane is limiting 180.3 and 127.0, uh, UCF 241 and 121. Again, both solid defense, but that 40 yards, that's a trip. That is a that is basically getting you to field goal range. I want to ask you something, hmm. and this is Tulane. UCF, is there's no way they're making a playoff this year. No. They're two losses. Even if they were power five, they wouldn't be making a – the playoff spot this year. <clears throat> Tulane's next three games are this Saturday, UCF, SMU, Cincinnati. If they are to go 8-0 and in conference, 11-1 overall, could they make an argument, just like Cincinnati did, to go to the college football playoff? Depending on what teams, and we'll get into it when we get into the CFP rankings, but depending on what teams are still unbeaten, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think that the Green Wave is going to make a playoff run this year? Unfortunately, no. no. They may make a New Year Six Bowl. A lot of of people are predicting them to make a a big New Year Six Bowl. Absolutely, and I think they will. But (laughs) I don't think they're going to be in the title picture. Um, now, if they have a few years of consistent football, like what we saw with Cincinnati and what we continue to see with Cincinnati, um, obviously not this year, but if they have a few consistent years like that where, you know, okay, this team deserves a spot and deserves a shot in the national championship picture, um, do I see them Do I see them making a playoff run in two, three years? Yeah, sure, if they keep it up. And I hate that it comes to that for a group of five. But it's unfortunate. I think if this was a year of of the twelve team playoff, they would for sure be in. Oh, one hundred percent. And they would be in, they would get in with a bye as well. Uh they because they would well, no, they I don't think they'd get in as a bye. Um I, I they would get in that sixth spot of the playoff because you have your top six major conference uh top six conference champions get in to uh, already have an auto bid. So I think they would be one of the top conference champions. Uh, unless Coastal were uh, – if unless Coastal – they would consider Coastal a more uh, – more uh, – how, how do you say it? More – a better conference – like a more dominant or a better conference champion. Um, I'm going UCF with this one. Okay. I know, I know that. Fair you, enough. I, I know you don't like that. I, I don't, but that's uh, all right. But I think UCF – is Tulane has not shown the consistency that they have. UCF 
has shown the consistency in years past, winning the new 2017 national champion, <clears throat> <laughs> going 12 and 0, you know, 13 and 0, something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I went there, uh, but no, I think UCF just overall they have Gus Malzahn. It, I think overall they are the they are the better team. They are the better team, and even though they've given up a lot of passing yards, they've given up a lot of passing yards, and they're giving up more points per game. You got to also look at who they they play. Played Louisville, they beat Georgia Tech. They also played a good Cincinnati team, um, and I mean honestly that's about it. But yeah. <laughs> just because they're that's what their schedule is. But I think UCF's the better team. I think there's going to be a dogfight till the end. It's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, honestly, if you're looking for a really good group of five game this week, this this is one to really really look into because it has this has conference imp- implications for the American. Because um, if Tulane wins this one, then it's a runaway. They're 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 probably going to go on to the American uh, the American championship. And honestly, UCF probably will too. Um, but if they lose this week, and Cincinnati keeps on rolling, though, yeah, it'll be Cincinnati versus Tulane, which will be interesting as well. Um, question for you. Tulane used to be part of the SEC back mm-hmm. in the 30s and 40s. They were a founding member. Do you think Tulane, being in NOLA, do you think that they have a chance to ever become a Power Five again? I think they do, but I don't think it would be in the SEC. And my reason why, it's not because of, you know, oh, SECs. No, it's, it's not that. You already got an LSU. Exactly. Got we team. already have the Louisiana market with LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, if Tulane were to get back into uh, Power 5 football, um, I could definitely see him going to the Big 12. I think they would fit, uh, honestly – that's the only other conference I think they would fit into. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a very similar market. Um, they're right there. Now, granted, that's a little bit south for the Big 12, but not really. But, I mean, they're going Houston. Yeah. New Orleans is, is higher up than Houston is. Yeah. Um, no. Farther I'd, north, I guess I should say. Yeah. I, I think Tulane stands a shot, but I think it would have to be the Big 12 instead of the SEC. Could I see them making that move? Um, to the SEC, maybe if LSU fell on hard times, but I LSU's not going anywhere. Well, I I, I would th- I would say too if they can keep it consistent, and they're in New Orleans, that's a big market, right? Oh there. yeah, absolutely. That right now I think would push them over to Power Five, <clears throat> and it would also give the Big Twelve a footprint in Louisiana, which yeah. They're already kind of got that Southwest Conference vibe. You're not going to get LSU from the SEC. That's no, just not going to happen. There's no way. Um, but but you could get Tulane, and I think Tulane would be willing to come. Um, it's also great that Tulane will still go to the Big 12 and have more, if they ever do, which could still go to the Big 12 and have more SEC championships in Vanderbilt and Missouri and Texas A&M. Combined. Combined, yeah. Combined. Combined. Absolutely brutal. Isn't that isn't that wild? Absolutely. Funny how brutal. things work out that way. Tulane was what in the SEC for five years? I know it was ten years because they were a founding member along with okay. Vanderbilt. Yeah, so ten that's what, years. That's what makes it so much worse for Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt has never left. Yeah, and they still couldn't been. win when the SEC was bad. Mm. You know, so 
Um, I'm going Tulane. You're going UCF. I'm going UCF. Um, I rush the whatever. Guys. <laughs> That's fine. Um, moving on to Big Twelve. Um, TCU Present and past. Yeah. Big 12. Um, passing of the torch. Kind no, of. Not really. No. This would be if they played. This is. I would say that was when they played Oklahoma. Um, number four TCU undefeated nine and six and number four in the nation as of right now TCU is going to the national championship game. Mm, yeah, just to the playoffs. Well, yeah, well, just the playoffs, which is fair. Um, takes on number eighteen Texas. Uh, Texas is six and three, four and two in conference. Um, <coughs> excuse me, Texas is favored. In this game, ESPN has Texas giving ESPN is giving Texas a seventy three percent chance of winning this game. Um, is Quinn Ewers back? Mm-hmm. Okay, he sure is. Quentin Johnston, though, for ten, for TCU, almost said Tennessee. Quentin Johnston for TCU is questionable. That's not. I mean, he's their leading wide receiver, but. The way Max Duggan has been playing, and I think you'll agree with me on this. I think it if you lose one of one wide receiver, it's not going to kill you in this game. Well, and Max Duggan, Max Duggan can get it done on his legs Absolutely. as well. And if they want to run the ball, they can because you know what? Yeah, they've got Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller for TCU has 153 attempts rushing the ball, 1,000 already over the 1,000 mark, 1,009 yards, 12 touchdowns. On the season, you can say the exact same thing about B. John Robinson, though. 192 carries, 1,129 yards, 12 touchdowns. I honestly think this is this. All right, so this for sure has Big 12 implications, right? Yeah, here. 100%. This has playoff implications, too, because you know if Texas beats B- TCU, they're going to shoot up. How, however, though, I would say this for TCU. This would not be a disaster if they lost to Texas. No. Because we know how much the committee values brand and brand image. You lose to Texas. The committee loves Texas. So they would put a loss to Texas as a quality win. So if you're TCU, you don't want to drop any games. I'm not advocating for you to drop a game. If you were to drop a game, though, this this is is the the one to drop. Because Texas is somewhat good this year. They're in the running for the Big 12 championship. And the committee loves Texas. They love the Longhorns. They love the Trojans, the Tide. Anybody with an SEC logo minus Oklahoma and Texas, the committee loves them. So, I think <clears throat> I think if they were to drop a game, this would be the one. However, the numbers just absolutely favor TCU. So, TC, uh, uh, Texas is favored – the There's numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for Texas. <laughs> Wait up. Texas has a 33 and a third chance of winning. Oh, my gosh. They forgot to add Kurt Angle to the mix. You're ridiculous. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Texas is a seven-point a, uh, seven seven favorite. The over-under 65. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, TCU, points per game, 43. Texas, 36. Points allowed, 27 for TCU, 21, or 22, I'm sorry, yeah, 22. for Texas. 22 for Texas. 
total yards. Big 12 football, baby. TCU is putting up. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't even say this is like, this is the best of both worlds for Big 12 football. It used to be no defense, all offense. Then within the past couple of years, the, the offenses have kind of slowed down, and then you have teams like West Virginia there for a little bit that had a solid defense. Oklahoma State had a solid defense with Jim Knowles. Uh, Oklahoma was getting better at defense, but not really. Kansas State had a solid defense. Iowa State had a solid defense. Um, Baylor hired Dave Aranda. They get a solid defense. Uh, you have Gary Patterson, who is known for defense. Uh by the way, this is his. Uh, this is the first time he's seen TCU since being fired last year, or hmm. or uh, is either last year or this year? I, okay, January last December, year la- after last season. Yeah, as he is now a defensive analyst for the Longhorns. Uh, by the way, we haven't said it yet. Horns down. Yeah, horns down for sure. <laughs> horns um, down for sure. Total yards for TCU. They're. Averaging 509 total yards mm. on offense versus Texas, who is averaging 447 yards. 447 versus 508 or 509. I'm sorry, 509. Very negligible difference at that point. Here, here is also something to look at. Uh, TCU, 289 yards through the air. I'm Texas, honestly shocked it's not higher. Honestly, isn't it? Yeah. But that's because they can run the ball because Max <laughs> Duggan and Kendra Miller have been running the ball. 219 on the ground for TCU. They're allowing a, almost 400 yards, about 397 yards per game. But they're only giving up 20, 27 points a game. So, I mean. Red zone defense is there. Red zone defense is there. Sometimes, you know, usually that's just big time plays are getting made. Uh, they're allowing 250 yards to the air and 146 on the ground. Texas, right there around the same. They're allowing 381 yards. They're giving up 250 of that through the air and then allowing 123 rushing yards per game. Texas, their offense is a little bit more dialed down compared to TCU. TCU is playing with their hair on fire right now. I mean, just look at it. TCU, 34-24, beat Texas Tech, 41-31. They beat West Virginia. Um, 38-28, they escape out of Kansas State. 43-40, they escape out of Stillwater. 38-31, they escape out of Lawrence, Kansas. The most recent loss for Texas was 41-34 against Oklahoma State, a number 11 Oklahoma State. And then they went on to Manhattan, Kansas, to beat Kansas State, 34-27, number 13th ranked. Kansas State. Honestly, Texas is a good football team this year. They're not back, but they are a good football team. And but but I think the Horned Frogs are a better football team. They they have nothing to gain from this, but everything to lose. Horns. Down. Down. I'm picking TCU. Yes. Yeah, you got to. I mean, they have more to play for. Um, Texas at this point. Here's the thing, though. If Texas loses this game, how high do you think the CFP committee is going to rank them? 
do you think they're still in the top 25 of four-loss Texas? Be. I wouldn't think so. That's, that's a four-loss team right there. I wouldn't think they start putting in four-loss teams at that point in the CFP. But, I mean, it's Texas, man. It's like the – it's Texas. But Texas Christian is going – I don't think they're going to beat the brakes off of Texas. I think it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. But I think, exciting game. I think Duggan and Kendra Miller are too good – of offensive powerhouses to not win this game. Yeah, I, I <coughs> they're just the better team overall. Um, speaking of offensive powerhouses, they were projected to win their last game. <laughs> um, <laughs> number nine Alabama versus number eleven Ole Miss. Two teams that LSU has beat this year. Um, LSU is. Unless you fall off a wagon, you are going to the SEC championship game and this year. And I am terrified of that uh, because we got to play Georgia. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Alabama, number nine, seven and two, four and two in conference. Number 11, Ole Miss, eight and one, four and one in conference. Uh, the spread is 12 in Alabama's favor, and the over under is 64 and a half. Alabama is favored per ESPN 75.3 to 24.7. You said the spread was a 12 point game. Is that, did you yeah. say that? Okay. Just making sure you hit on that. Um, oh, and I'm going to be real honest with you. As much as it pains me to say this, Alabama is going to right the ship this week. You think so? Yeah. Jackson Dart hasn't been looking too hot for the Rebels. He's fourteen. He's fourteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. Granted, I'm pretty sure he's a redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman. I'll look that up. Um, Bryce Young, nineteen touchdowns, four interceptions. Something I want to say. Uh, something I want to say about Bryce is I wonder. He's, if he's overrated. <laughs> I wonder if he's hurt because he he didn't necessarily. Don't no 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 no. Don't give him excuses. I I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I. I hear you. I'm I, gonna I'm gonna give him excuses because he doesn't look like the Bryce Young that we've seen uh, come to come to see on a regular basis. I just wonder if he's just a little bit banged up, a little bit sore, and that's why he's not playing his best ball. Oh, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Go, mock me. Mock me all you want. Right now, Alabama's <sighs> putting up forty two points a game. Ole Miss is putting up thirty seven. Alabama is allowing 18 points a game versus Ole Miss, who's allowing 21 points a game. Their total offensive yards are relatively the same. Uh, Alabama is putting up 483 total – is averaging 483 yards a game. Ole Miss is averaging 495 yards a game. Alabama is, uh, I would say, a little bit more – they're both really balanced – Alabama is put is averaging 280 yards passing uh, and 202 on the ground. Ole Miss is averaging 227 yards passing and 267 on the ground because they have oh Judkins. I thought Zach Evans was going to uh, Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah, no, but they Quinshawn. also have they also have Zach Evans as well. Yeah. Uh, Quinshawn, uh, Quinshawn Judkins. 1,036 yards, 13 touchdowns. Zach Evans, uh, 680 yards, 7 touchdowns. So, so you, they have a running back committee at Ole Miss. Yes. They, they, I mean, it's a dual threat, which is super nice. Uh, Dart can also use his legs a little bit, but he's really got to grow into them. He's doing okay. 
at Ole Miss. Don't give me, I think Ole Miss is going to be a SEC powerhouse when Jackson Dart gets a little bit more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you said, he is a true sophomore. He is not a redshirt sophomore. True sophomore, okay. Um, which is very impressive. I mean, he's hanging in there, and he led Ole Miss to an 8-1 and record at, at this point in the season. Do I think it's going to be 8-2 and two after this game? Absolutely. Um, I think that Al- – I don't think Alabama is going to beat the brakes off of Ole Miss, but I think Alabama writes the ship because it's Alabama. Come on. But Alabama doesn't take many weeks down, you no. know. Um, and, and also look at it too, like, yeah, Alabama's lost, but they, like, they didn't get blown out. They weren't lost. They didn't lose by a touchdown or ten points. You had to LSU had to take them into overtime and go for a two point conversion just to beat them. Tennessee had to kick a knuckleball of a field goal by three points just to win them as time expired out in Neyland. I think the best way to put it is there's a reason why programs rush the field after they beat Alabama. Absolutely, because it's a tough thing to do. Yes, Alabama it is a tough thing to and do. The people who Owen, it is not a secret that I hate Alabama. Really? I never knew I, that. I, abs- I despise that's, Nick wow, Saban. So I hate Alabama. Um, the people who are calling for Saban to be fired because please, they have two please, losses, I would please, love for Saban to get please. fired. I would Come absolutely love for that. Because Alabama fans are some of the most spoiled and pretentious people on the face of the planet. And they're bandwagon fans. Like, let's be real. Fair, fair weather fans. Yeah, because they're like, oh, we suck this year. We have two losses. Brother, I wish I, was ha- I, wish I had two losses. Yeah. I wish I had two losses. Oh, I mean, we have two losses. Again, I wish I had two losses. Um, no, I'm, I'm picking Alabama. They write the ship this week against Ole Miss. I feel terrible for Ole Miss because mm-hmm. that's going to basically – their playoff hopes. Now I will say this though, it's at it's in Oxford, so uh, Alabama has not been a great team on the road. Could I see it happening? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. If Ole Miss beats Alabama, do I think they're going to storm the field and Alabama's going to throw a hissy fit like they have for the past couple of weeks when mm-hmm. teams have stormed the field on them? Yeah. Yes. Um. Here's an interesting stat. When Tennessee or when Tennessee beat Alabama, there's about 101,000 people, 100 close to maybe a, close to maybe 102,000 people in uh, in Neyland, correct? Yeah. Uh, LSU, how how much does that stadium hold? 102? Uh, right at 100. Okay. I think it's like 101, 858 somewhere okay. there. So I would imagine y'all put in another thousand in there. I'm sure. So 103,000. That that roughly averages out to about 102,000 per game for that Tennessee for between Tennessee and LSU. Okay, that's a loud environment. You get that many people in there, like that's that's big time football. That's that's that it's a loud. I see environment. where you're going with this. Ole Miss, only 64,000 in Vaughn Hemingway Stadium, which is very surprised to me. I thought they were also another SEC powerhouse that had like close to 80, 90,000 seats stadium. <clears throat> Excuse me, only 64,000. I think that is 
I think that's what's going to help Alabama. Crowd noise is not going to be – I mean, it's going to be a factor, but it's not going to be a factor like what it was with Neyland and Death Valley. Because you've got to also think, too, Neyland and Death Valley are in bowls. So that sound is just going to pour out onto that field. You it know? literally it's, sounds like a jet plane starting up. Exactly. Oxford's a big, wide-open stadium. Which it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a great. 64,000 is nothing to scoff at. But it's not 102, 103,000 people. It's only it will be a sold out crowd, so probably 65. I would I would say because I can always find a little bit of standing room here and there in those stadiums. Crowd will not be a factor as much in this game, and therefore, like you said, I think Alabama writes the ship, and this is a, this is the place to write it. I think they beat them by at least. Uh, I think they beat them by ten. Uh, I'm not going to say by ten. I think it, I think they cover. Well, no, I I don't think they cover. I think they don't cover. I think they win by a touchdown. Uh, I'm not going to say more than two touchdowns, but it could. But it will be a two possession game, and I'm going to say field goal touchdown, ten points. Looking at Alabama's remaining schedule, um, they have Ole Miss this weekend, obviously. Then they have uh, Austin P. <laughs> Brother, if if Ole Miss beats Alabama. I feel so bad for Austin P. What if Austin P beats Alabama? How wild would that be? I know it's not going to happen. What's Austin P's record right now? I don't know. The Austin P governors are 6 and 3. Oh, in FCS. In FCS. <sighs> Go Austin P. I'm picking them to win. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, oh man, that's going to be bad. Um yeah, I'm 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 going Alabama. I'm also going the Tide. I hate well. it. <laughs> hey, you chose this game too as we were trying to decide. I did because it's a great matchup and I think it's going to be a competitive game, mm-hmm. but I there's no way Alabama doesn't write the ship this week. And if oh. they do, whew. um moving on to Pac-12, uh, number twenty-five, Washington, seven and two, four and two in conference, uh, takes on number six, Oregon, eight and one, six and zero oh in conference. Pack twelve Panther Pod. Pack twelve Panther Pod. Um, I'm gonna be real honest with you, Bo Nix. Bo Nix is not Auburn. Bo Nix. He is not. He is not at all. But in that one loss to Georgia, Georgia. It was still Auburn Bo Nix. It was still Auburn Bo Nix. But he's progressed. They have become a much better team throughout the season. Um, Washington also, very similar to Bo Nix. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback for Washington, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions. Bo Nix, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. Michael Penix Jr. has passed for over 3,000 yards. Yep. That's insane. Yep. He is also, uh, I want to say, number one in passing and rushing for quarterbacks. Uh, in FBS this year, I'm not entirely sure on that. Lord stuff. have mercy. Uh, Wayne Talapapa, who uh, used to be running back for UVA, ninety-two carries, four hundred seventy-six yards, six touchdowns. Um, oh gosh, excuse me, Bucky Irving. Oh, what a name! What a name, Bucky Irving. That's amazing. Hundred carries, sixty-eight, six hundred eighty, six hundred and eighty-eight yards. Only two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Um, Washington's number one wide receiver. Just guess what his name is. I don't know. Rome. Rome? Rome O'Dunes. 
What what a menacing wow. Rome, Rome of, of Dunes. Dunes. We love to see it. That's wow. What um, wow. Fifty seven receptions, eight hundred and fifty eight yards, six touchdowns. Um his last game, uh seven receptions, hundred and two yards, no touchdowns. Uh his most pro- one of his most prolific games of the season came against their win against Arizona. Uh, nine receptions, 169 yards, uh, two touchdowns. So he's he's been on a tear. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't found the end zone in the past two weeks against Cal or Oregon State. But at the same time, you have a streaky wide receiver who has the ability to post 200 yards receiving on you, or give or take 200 yards receiving on you. You have a solid running game, and you have Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. Um Washington is averaging 38.6 points a game. Oregon's averaging 43.1. As good as the Washington offense is, I think the Oregon defense is tremendously better. You think so? I think so. Why is the over-under at 72.5? Well, (laughs) here on the Panther pod. No, um, I think that the over-under is 72.5. For a reason, I think both of these offenses are lights out. But I think what's going to you remember the Chiefs Rams game back in like 2018? Oh yeah, it was like the greatest NFL football game that had ever happened. Like yes. happened up to that point because yeah. it ended up being like 52-52, and they had to go into overtime. Yeah, and yeah. awesome, Mexico yeah, yeah. City. Um, I think that we're going to see that similar offensive output. And Oregon's defense is going to come out and make some big plays. I think Oregon's number six in the nation for a reason. I think that it is going to be like old school Big 12 football. This is D2, Revenge of the Duck. (laughs) D2, Revenge of the Duck. Oh, my gosh. Um, You're you're ridiculous. Um, This also could have... Pac-12 impl- uh, championship implications as well. <clears throat> I think it's going to be old school Big 12 football where offense is going to pass for a million and whichever defense can get that just one stop or two stops, mm-hmm. that'll win the game. And I think that's the way it's going to be. Um, I think Oregon does it. I think Bo Nix is on fire right now. Um, but I, I'm going to take the Ducks in this one. I would love to see the Wash. I would love to see the Huskies pull it out. Ducks win. It's in Autzen Stadium. It's in Eugene, Oregon. The Ducks. I think the Ducks are going to win yeah, this game. I agree. Uh, currently, the line, uh, the spread, is thirteen is a thirteen point favorite for Oregon. I mean, yeah, I could see it. I could see a two touchdown. I mean, that's two touchdowns right there. I could, I could see a two touchdown. Especially if Oregon game. gets rolling in the fourth. Especially, or if they just get like that, those two stops mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Yeah. Or second quarter, or whenever you know. I think. I think right. Th- I think that's that's really how uh, Oregon's going to get this game. Just stop them at least one series. Yeah. Because they're going to score on a, on a ton. More mm-hmm. than likely, they're going to score on every series, um, either with a big play or they're just going to r- run you to death. Uh, but Oregon gets the win, and they'll go on. They'll probably go on to play for the Pac-12 title this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's probably going to be Oregon-USC. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to another Big 12 game that you snuck into here. Um, Kansas State takes on Baylor. 
number 19, Kansas State. Both teams, 6-3, and 4-2 and two in conference. Um, look, obviously this is going to be a matchup between Adrian Martinez and Blake Shapin. It's also going to be between Deuce Vaughn and uh, Richard Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that I got that. Yeah, <coughs> Richard Reese. Um, it's going to be a again matchup of offenses. Who is going to answer the bell and who is going to do it? Obviously, K State's defense is much improved. Baylor's uh, offense is rolling. Mm-hmm. Blake Shapen, one sixty one for two forty one, nineteen fifty one through the air, thirteen touchdowns, six interceptions. That's not looking at his rushing stats. Uh, Richard Reese, one hundred fifty six carries, seven hundred ninety eight yards. 13 touchdowns on the ground. This is going to be, is K-State's pass defense good enough to slow Blake Shapin and make their offense one-dimensional? In my opinion. I think K-State is good offensively, but I don't think Adrian Martinez is it at all at quarterback. Um. And that's a, that's a great thing. Adrian Martinez uh, could be back, but I also could see them sticking with Will Howard as well for backup. Fair enough, yeah. Kansas State. Um, overall, yeah, the numbers may look and say that Baylor is the better team. 451 yards on offense that they're averaging. They're averaging 451 yards on offense per game, and they're at, and they're only giving up on average 355 yards on defense um, versus Kansas State who's putting up over 419 yards on average per game and giving up, on average, 367 yards uh, on defense. However, I think Kansas State is a more complete team. I think that Baylor defense leaves much to be be desired, um, especially in the secondary. And I, I personally, I think Kansas State just got the better defense. I think that's really what it comes down to is Kansas State's much more complete. Yeah, they're going to match Baylor. They're, Baylor's going to match Kansas State, or Kansas State's going to match Baylor toe for toe when it comes to uh, offense. However, though, their defenses don't match up. Kansas State has the better defense than Baylor. Um, taking a look at Will Howard's stats because he might be the starter, as you mentioned in this game. Adrian Adrian Martinez is projected to start, though. Projected start. He started uh, or he came into the game late last week against Texas. Uh, and did they been, ever say what was wrong with him? I have no idea. I never heard anything out of it. I didn't either. Um, Will Howard's stats. He is thirty four fifty seven on the season, five hundred twenty one yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. So not bad at all. He's a good quarterback, um, but again, with that situation kind of still up in the air, chances are Adrian Martinez gets the start if he came in last game. Um, granted, if he reaggravated anything, you know, sucks to suck. Uh, this also has Big Twelve implications. Oh because yeah, for both sure. Teams have two conference losses. Whoever loses this game is out of the play. Is out of the oh, said out of the playoff picture. Is out of the Big Twelve picture. You can still be alive with two conference losses. However, that depends on what happens with TCU, and it also depends on what happens. Um, I want to know, let's see, the standings here for the Big 12. Baylor is second in the Big 12. If Baylor loses this game, Kansas State will be second in the Big 12, and Baylor's out of the Big 12 race. Um, 
but you you could be very well like this could be. Oh God, Texas is third in the Big Twelve. Uh, Texas is third in the Big Twelve, and then right behind them, I think is Kansas, K State. K K State. Then it's Kansas, and then Oklahoma State. <sighs> yeah, Big Twelve's deep this year, man. TCU, please win. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. What if Kansas goes up and like wins the Big Twelve? Oh my God! How how wild would that be? That would be insane. Um, I, I I'm picking the Wildcats. I think Kansas State overall is a much more complete team, both on offense and defense. And Adrian Martinez has played good enough this year to win the football games. He can extend with his legs. That's what he really relies on. But Chris Kleiman has been like the QB whisperer, the Adrian Martinez whisperer, and has gotten him, uh, has righted his ship through the air. Um, I hate to disagree with you. Go Bears. You already know no, why no, no, I'm no, doing no, no. it. No, 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 no. It's not Go Bears. It's Sickum Bears. Sickum Bears. That's so stupid. You already know why I'm going with Baylor. I don't have to explain myself any more than Dave Aranda. I knew it. I forgot about it. Even though I mentioned he's him. He's my I, boy. Whatever, whatever. I love him. Kansas Please State, come back. Fail me this week. Um, no, I'm going Baylor. Um, uh, and then wrapping up, do we we covered uh, spread and over-under in this game. Not. Spread okay. is two and a half in favor of Baylor. This game is in Waco. Uh, the over and under is 51 and a half. I think they hit it. I think oh, they hit the over. Uh, that's a shame that it's only 51. <laughs> 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 we need to bump that up. Rookie yeah, those numbers. are rookie numbers. Oh, my god! This is Big 12 football we're talking about. You're ridiculous. Um, and then last but not least. A little ACC matchup over here. A little ACC action. Florida State and Syracuse. Florida State, 23 in the country, 6-3, and 4-3 and three in conference. Syracuse, 6-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in conference. Oh, and I'm going to be real honest with you. If Syracuse wins this game against Florida State – they're four and two in conference, seven and two or uh, seven and three overall. There's a very real possibility that we could be looking at a ranked Syracuse next week, and I know you hate that. It very possibly. Um, unfortunately, though, they're not going to make the ACC championship because uh, Clemson has not lost a conference game. UNC is on the other side of that. UNC is on is in the coastal. Both Syracuse and Clemson are in are in the Atlantic. It's not going to happen. Uh, Florida State, I believe, is in the coastal. Are they in the Atlantic? I can't remember. The ACC divisions are so stupid. It makes no sense to me. It literally hurts my brain. <laughs> um, it is. Oh, okay. So Syracuse is second in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State is fourth in the Atlantic. Okay, so they're in the same. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then UNC obviously is leading the Coastal Division. Syracuse has lost their la- has lost uh, three straight. Mm. Uh, they lost to Clemson 27-21, lost to Notre Dame 41-24, and then lost to Pitt 19-9. That was one of those where someone had to win. Yep. Uh, Florida State has won their last two, 41-16, beating Georgia Tech, and 45-3, beating Miami as well. Just curb stopping. Miami is terrible this year. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. They've not been good since they left the Big East. How do you no. feel, Miami? <laughs> you ruined it. Um, you, Virginia Tech, Rutgers, Louisville. Actually, not Louisville. Yeah. Y'all ruined it. 
Y'all ruined it. Y'all ruined it. Um, uh, Florida State. Boston College. I call y'all. Syracuse. <laughs> Just going straight in. Yes. Uh, Florida State's three losses this year. Um, Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. Both of these teams are not great, but both of these teams, you know, put on good football. So I think it's anyone's game to win, but honest with you, I'm going Syracuse. I'm also going Syracuse in this one as well. Uh, overall, just a better team. They gave Clemson more of a fight than Florida State did. Uh, I, even though their, their numbers don't really show it, Florida State – like you said, they've gone up against Wake, 31-21. Gone up against NC State, 19-17, loss. Clemson was a 34-28 loss as well. Uh, Here's where I think Syracuse – so you saw those three straight losses on both. Look at what happened to Georgia Tech after Florida State came off of their three straight losses, 41-16, 45-3. Florida State's on a tear. Yeah. Syracuse is hitting that time to go on a tear, mm-hmm. and they're positioning themselves to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think Syracuse pulls out the win. Yep, I think Syracuse also pulls out the win in this one, and that, excuse me, is going to wrap up our games of the week. It's that time in the show, Cole. It's that time in the show. I watched this live, and I was not happy. College football rankings. Make a little bit more sense this week, I think. A, l- mm, a little bit. Alabama is still in the top ten. But I digress. That's fine. <laughs> uh, number one, kicking things off, Georgia, 9-0. and The ender of worlds, you know, the end-all, be-all, the defensive and offensive powerhouses that they are. Number two, Ohio State, 9-0. and Number three, Michigan, 9-0. and Only reason why we're breezing through those two um, – they play each other. One of them is going to have to lose. Yeah. Number four, TCU, 9-0. and Number five, Tennessee, after, oh. Uh, yeah. After brutal. a rough, rough beat down by the Georgia Bulldogs down there in Athens. Uh, number six, Oregon, 8-1. and one. Number seven, LSU, 7-2. and two. Oh Thank you gosh. very much. Oh uh, as we deserve. Um, please. Please. Hmm. Great win, but you got two losses. Smoke them if you got them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, number eight, USC, eight and one. Uh, number nine, Alabama, seven and two. Um, should be lower, but that's <laughs> all right. Uh, and number 10, Clemson, eight and one. Um, then coming to number 11 is Ole Miss at eight and one. Number 12, UCLA at eight and one as well. Checking in at number 13, Utah, seven and two. Kind of forgot about them over the course. After they lost that second game, yeah. they just kind of, well, Yeah, they just kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, number 14, Penn State, 7-2. and two. Uh, Number 15, UNC, who is 8-1. and one. They should be higher, and no one's talking about them. I know, I know. Uh, number 16, NC State, 7-2. Uh, and two. Number 17, Little Brother Tulane, is 8-1. and one. Number Not eight. bad, baby, bro. <laughs> Number eighteen is Texas Horns Down. Uh, they are six and three. Number nineteen is Kansas State. They are six and three as well. Number twenty is the Fighting Irish Touchdown Jesus Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, six and three. How much of that is brand imaging, uh, especially in those last 
three, two of those last three teams. Yeah. Texas and Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For uh, sure. 21 is Illinois fighting Illinois, seven and two. <sighs> is that really what their mascot is? Yeah, or fighting Illinois. What in the world is a fighting Illinois? I have no idea. Interesting. And uh, I think an Illinois is a citizen of the state of Illinois, not a convict. Uh, it's an Illinois. In, wow, interesting. Um, number 22, little dig on state of Anyway, uh, number 22, my favorite team in the world, UCF. They're 7-2. and two. Uh, 23, the team that beat us on a blocked PAT, Florida State, 6-3. and three. Uh, 24, Kentucky, the team that I'm scared of in like two to three years, 6-3. and three. And number 25, a Pac-12 team that does not have any implication on my life, Washington, 7-2. and two. <laughs> Does not have any implication on my life. Look, they made noise the first time that the playoffs came around, and I remember then they that. got stomped they got by stomped Alabama. By Alabama, stomped. they chanted "We want Bama" all season long, and then they got Alabama. You know, people are gonna quit chanting "We want Bama." They're gonna start chanting "We want Georgia," because Georgia's gonna gonna kind of because the cream rises to the top. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, moving away. Do you have any takeaways from the CFP Top Twenty Five? I like it. This week, it's a little bit better. Um, I'm so here's the thing Ohio State and Michigan, I feel like they're really in limbo right now, yeah, because one of them is going to lose, yes. And here, here's my thing because Alabama lost. You're they're not going to the champion. They're not because they now have two losses. They should not go to the championship game. They're not going to go to the play. They're not going to go to the playoff game. They're not going to. They have two losses. They're not going to go to the game unless Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, unless everybody else starts dropping games and losing games. Will that happen? Probably not. Ohio State and Michigan is kind of in limbo. They're at two and three right now, and they're really, I would say, interchangeable at that spot um, because they still have to, like they still have to, like you said, they still have to play each other. And the winner of that game is going to go to the Big Ten Championship. Winner of that game, uh, or the loser that has, of that game, has to buy tickets to the championship. Yeah. So, I would say whoever loses that game, they're not going to be in the playoffs. And then it's going to be replaced with a with a Tennessee. Yeah. I would say with another SEC team, um, with a Tennessee or maybe even an Oregon. Yeah, because absolutely. It, especially if they win the Pac-12 or a USC, um, I think those would get in over Tennessee because they won their conference. Tennessee didn't even make it to the championship game, and that's because they lost to Georgia, who is also in their division. It's one thing to lose to a conference opponent, but it's another thing to lose to your divisional conference opponent. Yeah, just beat everyone in your division and then um, go play the scariest team on God's green earth this year. That really is you right now. <laughs> yeah. That really is you. Yeah. So, hey, but tell me, though, which one would you rather face, Georgia or Tennessee? Um, Tennessee I know the outcome of, um, and even then I'd still probably take Tennessee. <laughs> Well, and I will say this, too. It's hard to beat a team twice. Yep. It is absolutely hard to beat a team twice. And I I honestly – I will go to my grave saying that that game should have been a night game. And call me crazy. 
call me crazy, call me and say that that did not have any kind of impact on the final score. Do, I think it did. Do you do you really like like personally? Do you really care about those about those games? Like the time frame of those games? Yes. See, that's something I've never cared about. I literally don't care if it's new. Like, and I think that's just me, maybe being a novice West Virginia fan, and just uh, and just being like, it's gonna be the crowd's gonna be loud no matter what. So like, you know, this week West Virginia plays Oklahoma. It's a noon game. I mean. Honestly, it to me it makes no difference, uh, really, in my eyes between a, a noon game, a mid afternoon game, or a night game. I, I mean, I know it makes a difference. Yeah, I know it makes a difference. It's it's on my bucket list to go to an LSU night game. Mm-hmm. I really don't care, you know, who we play, what our record is at that point. I just I want to see LSU play at nighttime because to me that. That stadium and that atmosphere is absolutely—it's it's a live wire. I, awesome. I would like to see—I uh, would like to see West Virginia, um, maybe a West Virginia night game. One game I think I would really like to see is either a noon or mid-afternoon game, Gold Rush against Pitt or um, Penn State or Virginia Tech or something like that. Like last year, last year's game day atmosphere uh, from in Morgantown was absolutely amazing. Um, it was full-on gold rush. The fans, I mean, the, the stands were completely gold. It, it was one of those that was like, man, this is really making the TV look fuzzy, you know? <laughs> like, that. those are those are the ones that I really get excited for. Um, not so much night games. I mean, I enjoy watching night games, don't get me wrong. Well, it's like, it's it's the whiteout. Like, Penn State's whiteout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, that's, come on. Oh, no, 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 I get it. But maybe it's just me. I don't really... Um, I, I don't think uh, – I don't really pay attention, I guess I should say. I don't pay attention to the game times. That's fair. Um, getting off of that tangent, back to uh, D3 football. Ferrum wraps up their season this week. Again, it's rivalry week here on the Panther Pod. It's rivalry week. Um, this is not an official ODAC rivalry. Um, the first time we played them was last year. No, 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 no. no. Excuse me, they're I was very, U- I was very wrong on that. Um, they're an old USA South. They opponent. are an old USA South. This is South the first opponent. time that both teams are in the ODAC together to play this game. Yes, um, it is Averett's Hall of Fame Day. Mm-hmm. It is a- also Averett's Senior Day. No, it is Ferrum's Hall of Fame Day and Ferrum's Senior Day. This game is right because it's at okay. It's yep. at Farum. I'm very tired. Fumble. <laughs> um, oh God. Farum currently not again is winning this series uh, with ten wins, six losses. They're on a five game or I'm sorry, their longest win streak. They were on a five game winning streak against Averett back between 2010 and 2014. Currently on a one-game winning streak, just because just from last year. Um, why Farum's historically tends to do better on the road, I don't know. In this away game, Farum has beaten Averett in or beaten Averett at Averett five times. They are five and two at Averett. Uh, Farum still has the edge over Averett at home. They're but they're five and four at home when they play Averett as well. Uh, 
these these two teams last year was an amazing, amazing atmosphere, amazing game. This is a game that I would pay attention to the time to. This absolutely should be a night game. This is 1 p.m. on uh, in w, WB Adams Stadium uh, for the Black Hats. Um, I'm gonna be real honest with you. These teams don't like each other. No. Absolutely. We saw that at the end of last season, or at the start of last season, mm-hmm. uh, in the Ferrum Aver game. Obviously, they had their little scrum um, at the end of the game. Definitely some shoving, some fighting, breaking out. Um, crowd was awesome last year. It was a whiteout game. It was our version of a whiteout game last year. Um, it's Hall of Fame Day. It's Senior Day for Ferrum, not Averett. Excuse me. Um, and Ferrum picked this game for a reason. Mm-hmm. They want as much turnout as possible for this game because Ferrum is going to win this game. May, and they're may. going to stamp on uh, the new ODAC version of this USA South old school rivalry. May we also remind you that, yes, last year's score, Ferrum did win, by the way, 31-24, but don't let that fool you. They scored those last two touchdowns in the in, at late in the fourth quarter after Ferrum had been up 31-10 going in five minutes left of the fourth quarter I think um, Averett scored two more touchdowns wasn't enough Ferrum pulled out the win uh, which led to a, a really good really good season last year um, unfortunately though this year Cole this is battle of the bottom right there battle yep. of the bottom it for these is, two teams yeah Averett is. Uh, winless in conference, 0-6. They're 2-7 and overall. Uh, Farum is tied with Guilford, even though, you know, we, we beat them and we should be higher. Um, they are 1-5 in conference, 1-8 overall. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. Farum needs to win this game. Close the season out on a high note. 100%. 100%. Um, Averett does not have a decent defense this year. They've given up quite a few rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've, yeah, they've allowed 362 yards per game, uh, given up 147 on the ground, 215 through the air, um, and they've allowed 30 points per game. Their yards per game for them is 279, uh, 95 rushing, 184 yards passing. Um, they scored 12 a game. <laughs> this is Averitt you're talking about, correct? Yes. Okay. I was just making sure. I was looking at those stats and I was trying to figure out. Uh, Farum is giving up 34 points a game, averaging around 15 points a game uh, during the season. Per game. Ferrum is putting up 130 yards on the ground. They're giving up 209 yards on the ground this season. They've given up 209 yards. Um, they've also given up 20 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, passing, we all know their passing attack has not been the greatest this year. Uh, they've got 12 interceptions between the three quarterbacks. Yeah, oof, oof. Uh, and they've, however, however, opponents on average are putting up our uh, – Turning the ball over, throwing nine picks throughout this year. Deep. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too terrible. Per game, Farum is putting up 165 yards through the air. Decent. Okay. 
But compared to their opponents, their opponents are putting up 256 yards a game uh, through the air. Ferrum has gotten six touchdowns through the air, given up 18 on the uh, through the air. We've been over it. Ferrum's passing attack is not the best this year. Ferrum is averaging also <clears throat> offensive a- is averaging around almost 300 yards a game. Uh, about 295 to be exact. They're giving up 465 uh, 400 yeah 465 uh, on defense. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. They're Ferrum. Yes. Okay. Never mind. That is correct. That's my. I don't know what just happened there. I kind of had a brain. <laughs> I had a. My brain was not working there for a minute. Uh, uh, Averitt's lost six straight. All of their conference losses. Um, if. Averett wants to win a game in conference this year. They have to do it this week. Um, neither of these teams are competing for a playoff spot, and neither of these teams are going to be in the running for uh, the ODAC championship. Um, at this point, that at this point in the season, uh, Randy Mack. Randy Mack is winning the ODAC. They've already clinched their playoff spot. Um, yeah, they're they're nine and zero overall, six and zero in conference. Uh, Bridgewater's five and one, eight and one overall, uh, and Shenandoah's four and two, seven and two overall. So it is between Randy Mack and Bridgewater, and Randy Mack uh, has already clinched their spot. Um, in the season on a high note, beat Averett. I think they very well could beat Averett. This is another team that's very beatable this year. Um, I think they could very well beat Averett. Um, do I think it'll be about like what it was last year? No. But I think they beat Averett two scores. It'll be a 10-point game. Or, yeah, two scores, 10-point game. Uh, Ferrum beats Averett. Uh, I don't think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal. I think Ferrum is going to show some life offensively, and we are going to win by 10. Okay, so me and you are in agreement on that. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Things that we should agree on, uh, moving on to our teams this week, number seven, LSU, seven and two, five and one in conference, takes on the Arkansas Razorbacks for the Golden Boot. <sighs> oh, how sweet it is. <laughs> um, the spread is three and a half, should be more. The over-under is 62, should be less. <laughs> um, tail of the tape, LSU is putting up 34.8 points per game and allowing 22.2. Arkansas is putting up 32.1 and allowing 30.7. The total yardage, different story. LSU is putting up 440.9. Arkansas is 485.3. Um, both teams like to throw the ball, averaging roughly 250 yards. Yards rushing, Arkansas has got us beat for sure, mainly because our quarterback is our leading rusher. Jaden Daniels is a one-man wrecking crew. As I've said so many times on this show, 
187 for 268, 1,994 yards passing, uh, 14 touchdowns, one interception. Leading rusher, Jaden Daniels, 131 carries, 619 yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground. Um, This all boils down to K.J. Jefferson and Raheem Sanders, uh, both of whom I think are healthy going into this game. Um, K.J. Jefferson, uh, 1,981 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. Raheem Sanders, 173 carries, 1,101 yards, and seven touchdowns. Arkansas likes to run the ball. Sam Pittman loves to run the ball. Um, He's made that his top priority across, and it has worked. He has a 1,000-yard rusher in Raheem Sanders, and I think uh, second string has right at 750 yards as well. I should be more scared for this game than what I actually am because it is a rivalry game. It is an SEC West rival. Um, Arkansas scares me quite a good bit. This is the definition of a trap game. Do I think Razorback Stadium is going to be packed? Yes. Do I think a majority of those fans are going to be Razorback fans? No. Baton Rouge and, oh, God, Um, Fayetteville. Yeah, there you go. Baton Rouge and Fayetteville, three hours away. That's nothing. LSU fans are going to make that drive and pack out the 77,000 seats that are there. Um, this game is already sold out. I know because I tried to get tickets, um, (laughs) as I do for every single LSU game, um, did not happen. Look, the worst thing that can happen to us is if Jaden Daniels goes down with an injury at this point. He is a tough dude. He has stood in and taken some nasty hits. Do I think that if Jane Daniels goes down, our season's over? I'm going to put it to you, just being real honest there. Um, our defense is finally showing some signs of life. Our offensive line isn't at all. I think your offensive line is doing much, much better. They looked much improved last week against Bama. Thank you. They are. They're still not where we need to be because Jane Daniels is having to force and make plays out of the pocket, which is a sign of a great quarterback. But you look at our offensive line's production, Jane Daniels is having to scramble on I, – I was looking at the stat earlier. I think it's like 38% of his uh, attempted passes. He's having to scramble. Now, Jane Daniels is a very mobile quarterback, and he likes to run the ball. So a lot of that is on him not going to his immediate first read. But also some of that is on our offensive line, just kind of allowing the gates to bust wide open. Is Arkansas an Alabama, a Tennessee, a Georgia? No, they're not. They're 5-4, and 2-3 and three in conference. Does Arkansas have the tools to win this game? 
Absolutely. K.J. Jefferson's on a tear this year. Raheem Sanders, again, 1,000-yard rusher, seven touchdowns. He's good. Do I think LSU is going to win by 200? Absolutely. Is that a realistic probability? No. (laughs) I mean, LSU has all the momentum in the world, and this is a team that just lost to Liberty. That's not a dig on Liberty. Liberty's a great program this year. However, there's a difference between losing to Liberty and beating Alabama in overtime. The talent level in this game are on two separate dimensions entirely. Sam Pittman is a great head coach. This is not his year. This is the, this is the very definition of a trap game. And that's the rest of the season for us because it's well besides UAB. I mean, come on. It's UAB. But like this week Texas A&M to close out the season. Ah! <laughs> Um, any kind of hope that we have for a playoff run, which is still technically alive, but not really because we still have to play Georgia at the end of the season and all our dreams will be collectively crushed. Um, but yeah, no, this is the definition of a trap game. I'm very scared. I'm still picking LSU to win by like 80. (laughs) Give me your thoughts. You are right. This is a trap game. How, how... Mentally wise, how mentally ready are LSU? How mentally ready is LSU and Brian Kelly for this? How you come off beating Bama in double overtime by a gutsy call? Uh, not double, single, single overtime. My only took Jane Daniels. You went one for play. two point two point conversion in overtime. That's where I was. Yeah, um, this you're. You're exactly right. This is a trap game. This for sure, 100% is a trap game. Um, I think you're wrong. I think mostly that most of those fans are going to be Razorback fans in that stadium. There will be LSU fans, but there for sure will be a majority. Let me make sure I'm right on Razor- the distance there. I don't think because Arkansas is close. Uh, like university, like the University of Arkansas is right there next to Missouri, up in that up in that region. I don't think it's a three-hour drive from Baton Rouge to Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas. Um, However, K.J. Jefferson, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's Is he good to go in this game? Don't know yet. Um, But because it is trap game. I was way off. Yeah, I knew it. It's like, what, (laughs) six to eight hours, isn't it? Uh, It's an hour and 40 flight. Hour and 45? Yeah. What drive? It's eight hours and 50 minutes. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it might as well be it might as well be three hours. No. What is wrong with you? You were five hours off. I was. I was that was that was very bad. Wow. That was really bad. Yeah. Man, that was that was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So obviously there's going to be more uh, Razorback fans in that stadium. However, the Golden Boot is also the sickest trophy in college yeah, football. Yeah, I, it's, I will also, it's, and I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it is. But because this is a trap game, Cole, I'm going to have to do it to you. I know you're picking LSU. You don't have to go through all the dramatics and everything like that. You're picking LSU. Am I? Yes. Am I? 
You wouldn't be playing it out like this if you weren't. Well, no, because I kind of just want to see what it's like when I crush your heart. <laughs> when I crush you your do that on a weekly basis. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really. I mean, this is a trap game, so I think our LSU is going to win this game. Yeah, LSU. come on, come on. <laughs> I think LSU is going to win this game. I think I think for sure LSU wins this game and brings the golden boot home. Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> now on to my pain and suffering. Hey, we're going to this game. We will be there in uh, 12 hours' time. We will be in Morgantown, West oh, God, Virginia. It's 12 hours. <laughs> in 12 hours, a little less than 12 hours. No, that 12 hours would be 10.30 in the morning. 24 hours time. 24 hours. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Wow, can't do math. Um, 24 hours. Uh, we will We will be uh, in Morgantown, getting ready to go to bed, go see a noon kickoff <laughs> for West Virginia, Oklahoma. You might be getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> Brother, do you want to know what time we're going to be getting up for this game? For noon? Oh, like 7 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. You you can stay up and do whatever. Um, but, yeah. Uh, West Virginia takes on Oklahoma this year. Or this this week. ESPN is giving o- Oklahoma a 58.5% chance of winning. Point spread is currently eight in favor. Ooh, excuse me, in favor of Oklahoma. Uh, almost identical in offensive uh, points per game. West Virginia is averaging thirty-two points a game. Oklahoma is ad- averaging thirty-three points a game. Uh, however, Oklahoma is allowing thirty points a game compared to West Virginia, who's allowing thirty-four points a game. We are in the negative in that situation. Uh, Oklahoma's putting up. 459, almost 460 yards. West Virginia's putting up 409. Really 410 yards of offense. However, though, Oklahoma is allowing, on average, 435 yards when their defense is on the field. West Virginia is averaging, is giving up, on average, 414 yards exactly on defense. So, West Virginia has better defense, surprisingly. Uh, Offense. Looks fairly similar. Um, West Virginia has a better run defense. West Virginia has a much better run defense. I am not in favor of benching JT Daniels. However, this man has 13 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I think he's a great quarterback. He He was phenomenal in the first half of the season. However... I think he's hurt. Something's got to be wrong. Something's amiss here. Either he's not the quarterback we thought he would be and he's not the five-star that we were hoping to get, or he's really banged up. After he got pulled from the Texas Tech game, he had an ice pack on his shoulder or on his arm. I think I think he is a little bit banged up and he's a little bruised and a little battered. He's a little sore. As you said last week, this is his first full season. This is his first full season. He has never played more than seven games in his collegiate career. During a during a season during a season, um, C.J. Donaldson out for the year. We do get Tony Mathis back this year. Triple J, Justin Johnson Jr. and Tony Mathis are back. I personally, in garbage time, like last week, J.T. was eight for twenty-two. 
eight for 22 last week against Iowa State. If JT cannot get things going, why not put it, it like if like if JT cannot get things going, why not try Garrett Green? If you're going to do RPO constantly, and this is no offense to JT Daniels, I think he's great. I think he can win us football games. Absolutely. I love having him on the football. However, something is amiss with him these past couple of weeks. Something is amiss. If things aren't working with JT, or he looks hurt, he's he's not playing himself, why not go to Garrett Green? He was 4 for 5 last week, looked really good, scored a touchdown on that drive that he had. Why not? He's mobile. If you're going to run RPO all the time, Neil Brown, why not have a mobile quarterback? And I honestly, I w- correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think West Virginia would be a better team if they would consistently play a more mobile quarterback running all those bubble screens and RPOs? Absolutely. I, I think we could honestly probably be 6-3 and three versus, versus being uh, – Neil Brown is trying to fit a square peg into a round hole um, by putting JT Daniels in a very – High pace and high tempo offense. Well, I think the high pace and high tempo is perfectly fine for JT because I think Graham Harrell wants to d- take deep, shot, deep shots and do air raid. Neil Brown, I don't think wants that. Neil Brown wants to do more RPO, bubble screens, screen just screen passes in general, stuff like that. I don't agree with it. I favor the air raid over that kind of offense. However, if you're if you're so intent on running a bubble screen offense or a RPO offense put in a mobile quarterback well, i mean he said last week that garen green just doesn't understand the tempo of his offense i know and it may, yeah, i know i know it yeah um however though uh jt i think can win us the game if he's healthy if he looks great starts playing great yeah um if we don't win this game west virginia's not going to a bowl yep three and seven does I mean at that point you have two games left? Um, I wouldn't see JT starting those two games. No. Um, obviously, I, I mean I'm not going to fire. I, I, at that point, I'm not going to fire Neil Brown. No, because it doesn't make sense to. Yeah, because your season's pretty much over at that point. I would imagine you're already in the coaching search if you are going to fire him, or who knows? Maybe there are talks of giving him another year. Don't know. Um, Finish out the year with him, and then see what see what happens in December. Um, we are going to be there there this game, so that's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be a chilly one too, so mm-hmm. we got to bundle up. But uh, I'm excited. This is my second ever game in Morgantown. This uh, is my first. Yeah, you're going to love it. I think I, I genuinely think you're going to love it. This is my second ever Division One football game. What was your first? Uh, LSU Notre Dame in the Music City Bowl. Really? Mm-hmm. So you have seen Notre Dame, or uh, you have seen West Virginia play live. Look at that! You also got to see. Or, I got to see. No, I got. LSU. I've, I've seen I'm LSU. so sorry. Yeah, I'm only a West Virginia fan this week, bud. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You have gotten to see LSU live. That's yes. what I was. That's what I was saying. Thinking. So you've gotten to see both LSU coaches on the on the field at mm-hmm. the, the same field at the same time. No, it was. Uh, it was Les Miles and Brian Kelly. That's what I'm saying. That you point. got to see two. Yes, two. I got to see. I've met all three LSU coaches. I didn't know you met Edo. Yeah, he okay. was. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, you don't like, have a picture. You don't I have don't a have a picture with Edo, but I've got a picture with Brian Kelly and Les Miles. Yeah. Um, I met Edo at the uh, LSU uh, 
fall ball camp, the yeah, summer there camp. There you go. So. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we're excited. We're going to be at the Oklahoma game, obviously, like we just said. Um, uh, West Virginia game this week. If so. I sing Sweet Caroline uh, to will. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> you, the where's where's the etiquette there? Where's the etiquette? I don't yeah, Who knows? Who knows? Uh, no, if we if if they lose, we'll just start chanting. We're just, we'll just start chanting SEC. Okay, okay. If 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 if, if Oklahoma loses, West Virginia will just start chanting SEC. I I I think that's a acceptable uh, offer. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. So, well, that's gonna wrap it up for this show. My name is Owen Spelnick. My name is Cole Connor. And you have just listened to the Panther Pod.